I was walking along a path in the half-light of dusk. I was walking with one of my oldest friends and her husband and our children. I was walking into a landscape of tea tree stretching scratchy fingers into the darkening sky and kangaroos silhouetted on the hill. The early stars were beginning to appear. Cold fire from long lost suns. And as I was walking, my friend's youngest child, who had been lifted in an attempt to console, lifted high up onto her father's shoulders, my friend's daughter was raging at the universe, raging with all the might that her tiny body could wield. This wee scrap of a girl was adopted at the age of four and the trauma of her early life continues to work its way through her sinews and muscles, bones and breath, through her dreams and friendships and intimate relationships. And this trauma, this deep, inconsolable grief, appears to well up in her like a rising wave of such force that all she can do is to open her mouth and let it out. And this, this was one of those moments. And in the middle of this particular floodgate, as we walked along the path and the other children ran into the dusk ahead of us, this little girl looked down at me, down from the great height of her father's shoulders and down from the great height of her pain, which up until this moment had been expressed in incoherent and irrational yelling about everything and nothing. And she looked down at me and said very calmly, and Ali, a few years ago, I didn't even know this place. I didn't even know this country existed. And I didn't even know you. And that's sad. That's really sad. And we all stopped the three adults and the child, and in her words the whole world was held in her little self. The world of displacement and poverty and abandonment, the world of violence and the world of the gap. The gap between the developing world and the developed, the gap between the relinquishing mother and this her mother who holds her now, and this her father there on that great height, and she was raging, raging against the dying of the light, raging against all this grief inside her. And I said to her, yes, darling, yes, that really is very sad. In the vision of St. Paul, there is a plan of God to restore all things by gathering them together in Jesus Christ. It is a vision of unity and wholeness and peace for the whole human family. This vision, which Paul was sharing with his own profoundly divided community, is one of shocking grace. It is a vision in which all are welcome and all are adopted as children of God. The early church was full of conflict and division. Who's in? Who's out? Most, if not all, of the churches of Paul's day were living with the tension between the Jewish and the Greek and the Roman members. From the Jewish perspective, all the non-Jews were Gentile heathens. From the Greek and Roman perspective, all the others were uncultured barbarians. Who is in? Who is out? Yet Paul, who was, among other things, a mystic, Paul could birth forth a vision of all these divided people 
coming together in Christ in a world of unity and wholeness and peace. And Paul, as a good Jewish scholar, framed this vision from a Jewish perspective. In his mind, it was the rules and regulations of the law that separated everybody out. And therefore, these walls, these rules, built a dividing wall of hostility between them. And in his mind, at least, part of the outcome of Jesus' death was to cancel out the validity of the rules that divided the people. Now, for those of us who stand in the more progressive space and for whom this salvation from death atonement theory doesn't quite hold up, we could say instead that it is through Jesus' life and through the movement of the Holy Spirit within this life and after his death that all the divisive rules, who's in, who's out, are in fact dissolved. Jesus was all about breaking down the barriers that got in the way of love and he was all about welcoming everyone. Everyone into the tribe regardless of where they had been born or how they had up until now understood their faith. Who is my mother? Who are my brothers and sisters? Anyone and everyone who is doing the work of love. As many of you know, I've just come back from being at a week at assembly with our Uniting Church. The assembly gathering goes from Sunday to Saturday from 9am in the morning till 9pm at night. And it is a gathering of ministers and faithful lay folk from all over Australia. 280 or so sitting together around big tables trying to discern the way forward for our church. Trying to listen deeply to each other and to God as we live out our faith in a broken and anxious world. There were some big issues being brought forward. Beautiful proposals about sovereignty for our first peoples, about care for creation. And then, of course, the most controversial proposal, the one that we grappled with from Monday right through to the Friday evening, the question of marriage equality and whether or not ministers of the Uniting Church should be allowed to use the freedom of conscience grounded in the gospel faith and marry people of same gender. Now people made passionate speeches on either side. One minister stood and wept as he held out his hands to the gathered community and said, you trust me to break your bread. You trust me to baptize your children. You trust me to bury your parents. Can you not trust me to marry my partner of over 20 years? Can you not trust me with this? Others also got up and made passionate speeches, speeches that were full of fire and intensity, full of sound and fury. And people would sit back down from the microphone, visibly shaking. Others would reach out towards them and would hold them and there was fear as well as peace and hope in that room this week. And I thought of the early church and I thought of Paul desperately writing letter after letter to the small communities of faith, who's in, who's out all over the ancient world, who were struggling with what it meant to be followers of Jesus. And I looked around at my companions at table, some of who lived in rainbow families themselves, many of whom minister with and alongside rainbow families, and some for whom the very concept of the rainbow is a sign and a warning in the sky of a life lived that is abhorrent to God. And at points in the debate it seemed impossible that we would find a way forward. 
and yet. In the early hours of the Friday evening, with quickening hearts and a sense of the numinous swimming in the air around us, the written ballot was held and the motion was passed. And it was a compromise. It was not going far enough for many and going beyond the pale for others. And yet we sat there together, trying to hold the tension of the now but not yet of being God's adopted children together. History was made in the room on that night. Our church made history. In Paul's letter to the Ephesians, God is clearly saying to us, you are my beloved. You are my adopted, my children. And this vision of Christ is a cosmic one. It's for everyone and everything. And we have all been adopted into this family and we can all be blessed by this outpouring of love. And this outpouring, it comes to us from a God who cannot be contained in a text or a doctrine or even a church. And this, this is the whole point of the story after story after story that Jesus told. And she looked down at me and said very calmly, and Ali, a few years ago, I didn't even know this place. I didn't know this country. And I didn't even know you. And that's sad. That's really sad. To be alone. To have no one to pick you up and hold you close. To have no sacred space that welcomes you. Up until quite recently in Australia, LGBTQTI people have been regarded with a high degree of official and unofficial rejection and exclusion. And many have felt that there was no room for them in God's family. Churches were and are still for many places to be feared as hotspots of homophobia and prejudice. Shame on us. But the decision from assembly has opened the final official door and the truth from so long ago, the truth that we are all adopted as children of God and that we always have been in the beginning, in the beginning, is finally being told.